Euronet Plus Panorama is a weekly review of European news broadcast by our network of EU radio stations. Hi there, I'm Jo and you're listening to Euronet Plus Panorama. Following the devastating earthquake that hit southeastern Turkey and northern Syria in the early hours of Monday morning, aid has been pouring in from across the block. Simultaneously, at a special summit in Brussels, leaders discuss how to keep migrants out. The images coming out of Turkey are heart-wrenching, with entire communities seemingly reduced to rubble. Romania's ambassador to Turkey, Stefan Tinka, painted a pretty desolate picture when he spoke to Radio Romania earlier in the week. The big picture shows a catastrophe in the southeastern part of the country. There are major degradations of infrastructure, transport infrastructure, energy infrastructure. Most people spent last night outside in their cars. They don't have the courage to return to their homes, those that remain standing. So, it was a hard night, and also a cold one. There was a blizzard in that region, which is also mountainous. According to the European Commission, as of Thursday morning, 24 European countries had offered, in addition to humanitarian aid, more than 1,600 search and rescue and medical personnel and 100 search and rescue dogs. The Polish government is sending a 50-strong team of doctors and paramedics to set up a field hospital at the disaster site in Turkey, says Polski Radio. And S Radio Castilla y León reports a similar move from the Spanish government, which is sending the Spanish Agency for International Development Cooperations, or AECIDs, start field hospital, as per an announcement by Foreign Minister José Manuel Álvarez. España ha empezado... Spain has begun to offer a first phase of solidarity. Two planes have moved to the region, two rescue teams, both from the emergency military unit and Madrid's firefighters. The AECID is preparing to send its START field hospital, which comprises a whole team of personnel. Likewise, Madrid is activating agreements with NGOs in Syria to help the Syrian victims. For its part, Ljubljana will provide almost half a million euros worth of material aid to Turkey. Leon Behin, the acting director of Slovenia's Government Department for Civil Protection and Disaster Relief, tells RTV Slovenia how critical the situation continues to be in the earthquake zone. The situation is such that buildings are still collapsing and being demolished. We know who we are sending and they know what to expect. With aid and personnel flooding in from all corners of the EU, Brussels has triggered its civil protection mechanism to help coordinate national efforts, a mechanism to which Turkey also belongs. EU aid has also been requested by non-member Syria, and the bloc has other mechanisms at its disposal through which to provide this, as Commission spokesperson Sonia Gospodinova explains to our partners at BNR. At the European level, we have a mechanism for civil protection whose main role is to coordinate because we want to avoid the duplication of efforts in disaster situations and to ensure the fastest possible response to such disasters. The civil protection mechanism also helps to deliver humanitarian aid. The EU stands ready to support those affected in Syria through its humanitarian aid programs. In addition to the civil protection mechanism, the Commission is also activating the Copernicus system, 
which deploys satellites. This provides satellite maps for use in these emergency situations, which helps the rapid identification of problems. Some voices are questioning why this earthquake has proved so deadly. Clearly, a 7.8 magnitude earthquake is always going to cause damage, and there are always going to be higher casualties when it strikes while people are sleeping. But there is another factor at play here, says Kuku Radio, namely build quality. According to Heidi Sosalu, a seismologist at the Geological Survey of Estonia, the importance of construction quality is often underrated, even in zones known to be at risk. Japan is a good example. There can be extremely powerful earthquakes that do not cause a lot of damage or large numbers of casualties. Japanese engineering is at the cutting edge of how to build earthquake-resistant houses. In the case of Turkey, we already know from a previous earthquake that building standards have been ignored. Those houses that were built properly held up much better than those where the developer cut corners. This can cost lives. Seismologists often say that earthquakes don't really kill people. Houses do. The Commission and the Swedish EU presidency are to host an international donors conference in Brussels in March to mobilize funds for the people of Turkey and Syria. Although this may seem like a slightly unfortunate juxtaposition of topics, another key item on Europe's agenda this week is curbing the migrant wave from outside the EU. But is the EU really facing a migration crisis right now? Well, according to Frontex figures, 2022 saw record levels of irregular crossings at the EU's external borders. Yet these figures lack clarity, as Tanya Gershow, a researcher who provides fact-checking services in the field of asylum and immigration policy, tells France's Euradio. According to the agency, 330,000 irregular entries were recorded in 2022, a record high according to Frontex. In reality, it is difficult to know if it is really a record, because these are numbers of entries and not of people. The same person can be counted 5, 10, 30 times for each attempt to cross the external border, quite simply. Whatever the figures... A group of member states, including Austria and the Netherlands, have called for tougher restrictions on illegal immigration. This thorny issue is the main focus of the special council summit that's currently in session, a session organised in large part thanks to pressure from Austrian Chancellor Karl Nehammer and Dutch Premier Mark Rutte. They say that good fences make good neighbours. With this firmly in mind, Nehammer has demanded more money from the European Commission to increase border technology and staff, especially at the EU's external borders in Romania and Bulgaria, across which, or so he says, some 80% of Austria's illegal migrants entered the EU. In fact, Bulgaria has already installed a barbed wire fence along its border with Turkey, but this is very easily crossed by migrants. As a condition for relaxing its hardline position on Bulgaria and Romania's Schengen prospects, Vienna wants the EU to finance a more effective barrier along the Bulgarian-Turkish border, as German broadcaster AMS reports. It's about making the fence that exists there stronger. The Commission keeps giving a categorical no on this. There is no money for fences. I don't think this can be the last word on the subject. Romanian Social Democrat member Victor Negrescu in turn criticizes Austria, among other member states, for failing to respect EU migration policy. 
Radio Romania reports. Moreover, according to the Commission reports, we also have too many member states that do not respect what we have already decided together. Interestingly enough, some of the leaders that do not respect the current provisions are exactly those that blame the EU on this issue. For example, the right-wing Austrian Chancellor, Mr. Nehammer, contradicts the European Commission and is opposing the accession of Romania into Schengen by presenting false data on migration while ignoring his capacity to manage the situation. In Romania, after being crossed by more than 2 million refugees with thousands remaining in our countries, we do not complain like the populist leaders. We act, we help people, we also support the country of origin. We are also investing a lot in border protection, but also in offering proper support to refugees. The Parliament's centre-right EPP group has made migration a top priority in the run-up to next year's European elections. On the 1st of February, the group published a position paper on migration, saying that fences are needed wherever gangs of smugglers are successfully trying to circumvent EU law. 100.7 shares the frank words of Group Chair Manfred Weber. We must secure Europe's external border. We must enforce the law at the external border. Technical measures are necessary for this. But I would also like to say explicitly on behalf of the EPP that fences are not taboo in exceptional cases. I was surprised when Commissioner Johansson took a public stand and said that fences are not necessary to secure external borders. I say fences have been built at all the land borders we have. In Spain, Ceuta and Melilla. In Greece, in Bulgaria. Fences have been built everywhere. I think everyone in a position of responsibility today knows that. Unfortunately, in exceptional cases, this has to be possible and that it must also be financed by the Commission. Between 2014 and 2022, the total length of border fences at the EU's external and Schengen borders increased from 315 kilometres to 2,048. Since 2021 and the crisis with Belarus, several member states have asked the Commission to allow them to use EU funds to build fences. The Brussels executive continues to resist these requests. While border fences are not prohibited by EU legislation, their construction and use must be in line with fundamental rights, such as the right to seek international protection and guarantees under EU migration law. German Chancellor Olaf Scholz echoed these principles in a statement given during the inaugural visit of Italian PM Giorgia Meloni to Berlin on Friday the 3rd of February a statement shared by our colleagues at AMS. Within the EU, it is crucial that we work towards a humane and crisis-proof asylum system based on our shared values of democracy, the rule of law and human rights. And this involves striking a fair balance between responsibility and solidarity. Join us again next week for another trip around the Euronet Plus network.